Welcome to the history of the Batman with London, brought to you by Meltdown Comics and Collectibles in Hollywood, California. This is where we relive the defining moments of one of the most iconic figures of art and literature, Wonder Woman. No, Batman. <laughs> My name is Mason Booker, and as always, I'm joined by London from the shadows. Maybe he'll say something, maybe he won't. We never know. We are joined by Shadow Adam. History of the Batman is produced and engineered by me, Mason Booker, and now, lucky me, I'm the co-host. London, how are you? I am wonderful today. I like that. Yes. I, I, I'm also rad, which is my rad usual Rad is where you want to be. But I am wonderful yes. today with the W-O-N-D-E-R capitalized huge I'm with font. it. I'm with it. I myself am wondrous. <laughs> but, so excited. But why, London? Because we have such a special guest with us today. It's true. I am so excited. I'm sure you can hear it in my voice. <laughs> I'm just As, so excited. Yes. 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 For? <laughs> Don't keep me waiting. Well, well, as many of you know, although this is a Batman show, we do discuss Batman's interaction with other characters within the DC universe, including his work with the Justice League. Yes. And since it is the 75th anniversary of one of his allies, Wonder Woman, Mm -hmm. we do have a very special guest with us today. She is in my opinion, the voice of Wonder Woman. And I'm sure most of you will know her from her role as Wonder Woman in Justice League, Justice League Unlimited, Justice League Doom, all of those amazing DCAU shows. We have Susan Eisenberg with us. Hello. Hello, Susan. <laughs> so excited. I hope that intro was okay. Oh, perfect. You I only left out and on. injustice. We're going to talk I, about everything. Okay, I'm excited. Everything, yes. Thank so you so how, much for coming yes, on. thank you. I am checking off a life goal right, right, right now. You're going to make me blush. This is great. It's a podcast and not on camera. Oh, yeah. Oh. I'm a little bit red. Oh, but, you, <laughs> a little bit. but you're amazing. A and we're going to vlog it. At some point. We are, yes. And so we're going to do a short little vlog and talk about certain things and, and talk about you as in your role as Wonder Woman. Okay, I'm ready. Yes. I'm ready. ready. We're ready. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm, I have <laughs> questions, but I'm sure London has questions too. No, I, I mean, usually when we have guests on, we, we start from the beginning. We start from almost your origin, kind of how you came into this industry and your experiences in it. So, of course, the first thing I ask is, have you always loved Wonder Woman? I was totally aware of her. Yeah, no, absolutely. Love, you know, I didn't grow up, as we talked about briefly before the show, I didn't grow up reading comics or watching comic shows except Mm -hmm. for maybe Archie. Right. So I did, however, know Linda Carter. Exactly. And so Wonder Woman... You know, because I grew up in the 70s, so that was my idea of her. It yes. still is in many ways. Right. Because I think once you have that introduction to a character, it always stays with you. Um, so she will always be my Wonder Woman mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. And um, and so she was so defining in that. But no, I didn't grow up with, like, Wonder Woman pictures on mm-hmm. my wall or reading right. the comics. No, but... Since then, um, I have become a massive fan, massive fan of hers. Definitely. And I I would agree that for a lot of people, Linda Carter was their first introduction to Wonder Woman beyond comics and everything. She's been around since the end of 1941, but when 
when Wonder Woman the show came out in the 70s that's when that character just exploded and, and there haven't been that many that's the thing that too. is the thing I mean there have been some animated yes. shows where she's been in right. Super Friends and things like that but when you think of all of the Batman properties that have been out there <laughs> yeah. and Superman the movies the TV shows um, that's why I think the fact that Linda had made the impression she did mm -hmm. and it is endured the way yes. it has one of one of the reasons of course is that there was such a dearth of shows and um, media but also that she was so extraordinary in the role she was I mean that's you know that's pretty amazing to capture that character in three years yeah you know it's not like she did it for a decade right, right. she did it for three years right, right. and it's, it still endures it's the same thing with uh, Adam West on the 66 Batman series right. it was only three seasons and yet he is too many Batman and that's what put Batman into popular culture mate. and pop culture yes. I mean whoa was that definitely poppy yep yes. absolutely it's interesting because Wonder Woman is such an iconic character and like you said there's not a lot of her in live action or on camera and what what do you think about that? Why do you think that there has been such a huge gap? Because now we're getting the Wonder Woman live action movie next year with Gal Gadot, and which is perfect. It's perfect for the 75th anniversary, but it's such a huge gap. It's Linda Carter and it's her. It's like almost vanished. Well, wasn't there all the failed TV show? Right. Right. It, but it, it didn't. Kathy Lee Crosby. London. And, uh, no, you're right, right, but it didn't. It didn't really get any traction. Right. Go yeah, so I, I, I hear there's a rumored failed pilot, right? Right, David E. Kelly. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah, and it just never took off for whatever reasons. I don't think it's so simple in, as it's. This is the reason, mm -hmm. but I think there are two main reasons for me, and one of them is that I think people are afraid of the female-driven genre, mm -hmm. and they don't think it'll be that bankable. And so people don't want to put a ton of money behind a feature film if they don't think they can make that back. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's so unproven in terms of the territory. So I think with Gall and the anticipation and the excitement... I have a question. Do you feel it's because people don't feel that they can fill the shoes in live versions? I think it's tricky to do it. Mm -hmm. I think that it's very rare to find somebody who can capture that, especially with live action. Mm -hmm. It's different with a voice mm -hmm. because you still have the image that you can create in your own mind. And I always compare it to your favorite book of literature. Mm -hmm. And for me, like Pride and Prejudice, when, you know, who's going to be Elizabeth Bennet? When it's cast, invariably, you're going to have people who are disappointed. And mm -hmm. she's not Elizabeth Bennet. What? Right. And it's the same yeah. thing with Wonder yes. Woman. Yes. People have very, very strong opinions and very strong ideas about what she looks like and what she should she, look like. You know, should she be muscular, this, that? How yes. big should she be? How pretty should she be? How much cleavage should be shown? Should right. she be sexy? Should she not be sexy? Right. So it, it gets very flooded. Having said that, the fact that they still haven't done it. Mm -hmm. People are, feel strongly about Batman and Superman, and yet they have projects. And I do right. believe that people who are running the show are not willing to put all that money behind a woman until now. And I think that it's not like, oh, now we're done. We're over that sexism. It's still there in, you know, it still thrives. But the female voice and the female fandom is so powerful right now mm -hmm. and also mixed with the men who also love this character oh yeah mm -hmm. and have just been so supportive of a project for her that it's finally happening yeah i agree with you i think hollywood is very sheltered in their 
ambition of woman-led projects, which I think is lame. But the response on Batman vs Superman was pretty negative, except for the Wonder Woman Wonder appearance. Woman. Everyone was so excited to see her on screen, which is the best right. introduction she could have had, right? Because, you know, had she been in the entire movie, mm-hmm. then it would have. I mean, it was just perfect to introduce her in those last 15, 20 minutes Mm -hmm. where she gets to shine and, quite frankly, save the movie. Oh, yeah. And that sets it up for the Justice League and for Wonder Woman, the solo film. Yeah, I can't wait for the solo film now. I'm really I'm excited. And I've been waiting for a Wonder Woman movie such as this for such a long time. And I think because there was such a big gap between Wonder Woman on camera, the fact that you voiced Wonder Woman in all of the animated TV shows and in the films for within that gap I think that's what kept for a lot of people Wonder Woman alive that didn't maybe read the comics because Wonder Woman's comics have been out since now 75 years right forever right right and so in other media I think you voicing Wonder Woman or people seeing Wonder Woman it's their vision of that character is through the animated shows and the animated films so you kind of kept Wonder Woman alive in a sense outside of the comic book media and I think that's huge since she like you said you don't get to see her but it is hard to capture her to see her on film because people are already judgmental even with the current live action Wonder Woman oh. now they're like oh she, and a lot of people are like she's not Linda Carter right which I, I understand right. it's hard but because... there are a lot of people who don't even know Linda Carter exactly you know the people that know me as Wonder Woman don't know Linda yes <laughs> weren't born in the 70s. Right. And that was, you know, it's it was a little surreal to discover that and to discover that for some people, they met the character through me. Yes. You know, it's, it's surreal and it's humbling because you don't know that until you meet people and talk with them. You don't right. know that when you're recording at Warner Brothers. Right. You know that through social media. You know that through the Comic-Cons. But without those two things... You have no idea that you impacted people. And I've seen people get very emotional when they've met me because their connection to her, to Wonder Woman, to Mm -hmm. Diana, is so strong, what she has meant in their lives. And so when you see that, you know, you can't help but feel such gratitude that you got a job in 2000 Mm -hmm. and here it's 2016 and, you know, you still get to do it. You're still rocking it. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Because I was going to say Justice League, in my opinion, especially when it first came out, was one of the best animated shows on television. The writing and especially the voice acting was all top notch, really well cast, really well directed. Andrea Romano, I believe, was the voice director on that. And she's, you know, legend. So (laughs) she is. She's as legendary as any of us. I mean, more so. But I was very impressed with the writing. Dwayne McDuffie. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there, there were a slew of writers mm-hmm. and directors. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you can't even give the credit to one person. Right, right. right. Because they, there was a huge staff. And I think it was that Dan Reba is a director. Like, I just think it was that magical, perfect storm mm-hmm. of talent, whether it was the music with those theme songs. Yes. The music's great. And the voiceover talent or the direction, the writing, Andrea. I mean, it was just very, very special and unique. Mm-hmm. And I, again, I don't know that you necessarily know that while you're in the studio. Right. And right. not until later do you appreciate how magical that was as an experience and that you got to have that and sure. to have those people yeah. involved with the show you did. 
So let's get into how did you get into voice acting? I mean, when, when did you start and how did that lead to you becoming Wonder Woman and being a voice actress? For I tell the role? story that my dad had a business where I grew up in Rhode Island and he would go on radio shows and there was like this weekly radio show where a bunch of people would get together and talk about the weekly events and he would do advertising for his business. And when I was young in high school, my voice was recognized in one way or another and and my dad said, do you want to do the commercials? And my sister and he would write the copy and I would do the commercials. And I liked it. I mean, it was very scary, but I liked it. And then later I studied acting and was going to be an actress on camera and discovered early on that it made me very uncomfortable and very nervous. And not in a way that like, okay, well, you just have to tough it out. You just have to work through it. But in a way where it's like, I don't think this is my thing. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's my calling. And this being behind a mic for those who can't see me pointing to the mic, <laughs> this has always felt natural, except when I start coughing. And, <laughs> and it has felt really, really natural. So I decided to put all those acting lessons into voiceover. So I took some voiceover classes, just learning about the mic, taking some commercial and animation classes, and then put together a demo, real, what you need, and then sent it out to different agents. And was very lucky that I got an agent fairly... But another thing that was... I was just very, very blessed or lucky, however, whatever word you want to use, when I was trying to make a living in Los Angeles, I worked for some very generous people. So writers, directors, who would put me in a script, would put me on in a movie and let me get into the union and let me get some experience. And that was extraordinary because then I could build up my reel a little bit. And then by the time it became really professional, I had some stuff. You had some cred. I did. <laughs> I, I did. You. So, and then it's been, I won't say smooth sailing because it's hard. It's a hard way to make a living. And mm. any voiceover actor who tells you otherwise is either huge in animation or has an advertising agency in their family. Um, because it's <laughs> <very> otherwise, <laughs> otherwise, you know, their uncle or aunt runs an ad agency okay. because otherwise you're just constantly auditioning. Mm. And for all the auditions, you do, you book very few jobs. Mm. So the fact that I've been doing this and people are still interested, that has been a gift. Massive gift. Hashtag truth. <laughs> so true. Well, how perfect. Oh, yeah. Hashtag lasso of truth. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I had a technical question. I know many, many, many aspiring voice artists, and there's some confusion about what's a good demo reel. What is a good demo reel length and content? So it depends if it's a commercial reel or an animation reel. Mm -hmm. Oh, you so know, they should be separate. They are. Mm. And now when you're first starting out, you don't need to do a promo reel animation. I know a lot of people love the idea of being in animation, and that's great, and they mm -hmm. should follow that passion. But most of the time when your reel is listened to, it's the commercial reel that's heard at the agencies because that's their bread and butter. Right. Book Travelocity or whatever. Right, exactly. Oh, gotcha. And also they're expensive to do. Oh. Demo reels are very expensive because when you're starting out your career, mm -hmm. you don't have any jobs. <laughs> so what the demo producer needs to do is build your demo mm -hmm. and build it from scratch. Mm -hmm. So they have to create a commercial. Right. And with sound effects and, and music and your voice and then edit it together and all of that. And you have to do it with many spots because it can't just be one spot. So it's usually a minute 30 to two minutes. Okay. It can be even longer than two minutes if it's an animation reel. And you're basically just showing as much variety as you can. So, you know, you want to be able to do the selly voice, the conversational voice, the more intimate voice, the bigger voice. You want to throw on a partner read maybe with a woman and a man or something funny and comical 
reel and show that you can banter. All of that can go on it. But if anyone wants to listen to my reels, sure. I have them on my website. So oh. it's oh, SusanEisenbergVoice.com, cool. and you can listen to the demo reels and just hear what I've done. Oh, and and, and most people, you can find their demo reels. So mm-hmm. if there's a, a voiceover actor out there or actress that you adore, look up their their demo reels and hear what they did and what they put now my demo reel now isn't what it was when right. I started because right. I have a doesn't, few, doesn't need to be I have a few gigs under my sure. but you know what but you still your your demo reel still gets submitted so mm. with ad agencies mm-hmm. you know they don't know me you know me because of Wonder Woman sure. but if you're running a you know working at an ad agency and your client is Toyota sure. they don't know me so my they don't agent know your body of work. Right. And so my agent will submit my demo reel. And based on that, they'll be like, okay, let her audition. Hmm. Let her and let these seven other women I'm, I'm choosing at your agency. Hmm. And then they open it up to every other agency in town, too. So, wow. Yeah. Intense. And yeah. also classes are so important for that beginning person. And oh, yeah. anyone who wants to ask me specific questions, you can follow me on Twitter, Susan Eisenberg one And honest I just always encourage people so there are wonderful teachers out there and they can get you started so you should you know if anyone's interested and um, are voice classes better or equal to acting class like should you take both acting absolutely and voice acting absolutely absolutely and the best voiceover people are the best actors Mm. who studied acting and improv Mm -hmm. improv 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 so often you can't Im- do improvisation. You know, it's not like on Justice League, we were reading some of Dwayne McDuffie's script, and then I would just add my own stuff. Oh no way! Yeah, no, n- <laughs> never, never. It was just all this. It was all what was given to you. And same with video games. It's scripted. Yeah, don't you, go off book. Don't go off that page. And but for commercial copy, oftentimes you bring your own flavor to it. And being able to do that, being able, if somebody says to you, and you can just ad lib at the end, or bring some, <laughs> bring something else to it, you bring, know, and you hear that a lot. Just jazz it up. Just jazz it up, or <laughs> you know, don't rewrite the copy, but bring that character that we're having mm. you, because you're a character mm-hmm. in that p- piece of advertising. So absolutely, improv class. Wow, yep. awesome. Thank you. Let's talk about Batman stuff. Or, or no, no, we were talking about how you got into it. Right. And so, so there, so no, yeah. so we were up to speed because then I started auditioning and because I got the agent mm-hmm. and I auditioned for um, for Justice League. Nice. And I auditioned for it again because I had a call back. You had to, I had to come back and do it again at Warner Brothers. Oh, man. And I had to meet Bruce Tim and Andrea Romano. They were there and I saw the picture. Um, that Bruce had drawn of her, and he gave it to me, and he said, this is who you're playing Nice in the callback. And, um, you know, terrified, just absolutely terrified. <laughs> oh, so you didn't find out until the callback. In the, in the initial audition, it was just woman unknown? One, no, it was Wonder Woman. Oh, it was, okay. But it wasn't at Warner Brothers, okay. and it wasn't, oh, okay. you know, driving onto the lot and right. being scared. And, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, whenever, whenever you drive onto the lot, for anything mm-hmm. you if you're somebody like me who grew up loving show business loving cinema studying cinema loving acting actors there's just no other feeling like it than driving on a lot and driving on a a movie lot as a working professional right it doesn't get any better than that yeah the it, sense of uh, walking into history oh man it's just the best I got and you. knowing that you belong there <laughs> in, however I mean however you have to convince yourself of that sure um, it's it's quite a remarkable feeling so you 
you received the role as Wonder Woman right. and started with Justice League. And how uh, did you start to kind of craft the voice for Wonder Woman? I mean, you started, I mean, you knew you were going to be Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. And then once you went into the studio to record, how, I mean, did you have any, did you start reading anything like comics or anything? What Was there other influences outside of knowing, okay, this is the character? Did you want to read up on the character or did they just give you the script and say, this is kind of how her character is? How did you develop her own uh, persona that we see on the show? Mostly it was because Andrea and Bruce were in the room. Mm-hmm. directing me very precisely how they wanted me to do her okay. and to voice her. So in the beginning, and this stayed with me, this was like the continuous thread through Apocalypse and Doom mm-hmm. um, because Andrea you know, worked on those with me as well. So it was always that she was a warrior and a princess and never forget those two. And if I did in my read, so I'd get a little too quiet, a little too soft, there would be Andrea saying, Bring the warrior. Mm. Bring it, you know. And she would never let me forget either one. But it it, it wasn't, um, it was really, for me, it was really finding her voice in, in my confidence. Yes. And feeling like I did belong in the room. I didn't have, a, I did not have a lot of experience when I got the job. And so there were things I felt very green in. I had been on animated TV shows as guest stars, mm-hmm. but I'd never been as a series regular. And learning not only to work with an ensemble because we were all together, but also to feel comfortable doing ADR, additional dialogue right. recording, where all the action, because we had a nice budget, I've come to find out. Not everyone <laughs> gets to know it. Greg, Greg Weissman, who did Injustice and Gargoyles, was out, we were on a panel recently, and I was telling him about we'd go in for our, our sessions for ADR, and he's like, sessions for ADR. We, we did it all together in <laughs> our sessions for ADR. Wow, lucky you. So you realize you were spoiled in that regard. Um, but, I mean, crafting the character, it was more, they crafted the character, and I, I crafted the voice, and in time, the two gelled. Yes. You know, they really did. And Wonder Woman's such a strong character, and you said you had to, like, kind of find that confidence that she exudes in her character. So I'm sure with the direction that Bruce Timm and Andrea Romano gave and then your own kind of flair into it made the Wonder Woman that we know. Um, so Justice League, of course, is the whole like ensemble cast. Mm-hmm. Superman, Batman, Martian Manhunter, Hawkgirl, Flash, um, Green Lantern, and and everyone all of the characters in justice league in the jla have they have their own particular role as to why they are essential within this powerful group what do you think wonder woman as her character her strengths brings to that group that makes her an essential to be part of justice league that you found from doing the voice acting and playing this character for many years well and one of the things i'm just going to refer back to the that last question you asked Mm -hmm. one of the things about coming into the league and working with these other um actors it really worked perfectly for diana because she was leaving themiscira and leaving her mother and so that vulnerability, that that I won't say fear because I don't believe that she. I mean, she was, did say she, she was afraid, mm-hmm. but um, she she was walking into this utter unknown, the league, and so was I. 
And so if you listen to that first year of Justice League and those first few episodes, especially Paradise Law, you hear... I just watched Paradise Law. So you, you can hear my voice. <laughs> and you can hear, first of all, I sound very young almost, um, because there was this... I wasn't... It was like I almost like I didn't have my full voice yet mm-hmm. for her, as opposed to later episodes. Um, as As far as what she did in the league specific to her... You know, I think she really was there. She's so non, no nonsense in with that group, yes. and there's a lot of nonsense in that group. With whether it's whether it's Flash and dealing with his stuff and his jokes and all of that, which you know she liked to a point, but I think she really is there to get the job done. What are we supposed to do? Who are the bad guys? Who are the good guys? And what are we going to do about it? And okay, let's go. And um, I love that about her. You know, I think that that's what still resonates about the character and and comics and superheroes in general is that there, there's very clear definition about the good guys and the bad guys. Yeah. And it's simple, you know, and, and in a, a world as complicated as ours, there's nice to have some simplicity out there where <laughs> you just know you can go to bed at night knowing the good guys and good girls are going to win. Yeah, I like the... Um the no-nonsense aspect of it, basically, that Wonder Woman is, is you know, I don't have time for small talk. Like, we're we're kicking butt. And I have the same personality. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so that, that was something that, you know, we had in common. And also, you know, she has this very strong sense of justice. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, no pun intended, but she really... And she's, and she's willing to learn. You know, she's willing to be educated. There were things she didn't understand about being in a man's world. And other than being told what to wear and how to dress, because she's a little sensitive about that, mm-hmm. um, you know, what's wrong with the way I dress? You know, right. if you remember that episode, I, I, I believe she went into a department store yes. and he sprayed her with, with perfume, perfume, and she's like, "I don't want to stink." Right? Who would wear that? <laughs> right. Who would want that? Um, so yeah, I mean, other than that, there is she is willing to to learn and to be part. Not in the beginning, but later, she really does. Um, acclimate to that group environment. I mean, she's used to being a princess. She's used to being the daughter of a queen and to be in Themyscira and then to go to this other place and have to deal with these different personalities and all these other rules that don't apply on Themyscira and adapt to those rules. I mean, I always thought that that's why she and Jean had such a special relationship because they were both outsiders Mm. within the league. And their connection was always, to me, one of my favorites not to mention that Carl Lumley is the nicest, sweetest, <laughs> dearest man you will ever meet yeah. in your lifetime. Well, he sounds great. He's, I lo- was, he's lovely. And that I was going to ask, how was your relationship with the vo- the other voice actors on Justice League? I mean, did you guys, was it, did you mesh well and it just kind of all fit? Because it seems like watching the show that everyone, they had their own unique take on the characters, but it all came together amazingly and the voices fit perfectly so you know what i hate i mean it sounds it sounds goofy but (laughs) we were such fans of the ensemble in fact i mentioned to you before the show started that we all got together in new york yes at new york comic-con last year for a a justice league reunion which there will be more of if i have anything to say about it at at certain (laughs) cons so we did we read from some of the original scripts (gasps) and at the con and there wasn't 
anyone in that room, including the cast and Andrea Romano, who was with us mm. on the stage, who didn't feel giddy. Yeah. I mean, we just, <laughs> to be able to say those lines again and be together again and to interact as a league. Yeah. Carl had never been to a con before. Oh, wow. And just for seeing him experience it <laughs> and all the appreciation from the fans and his appreciation for them... It was magical. So, yes, I mean, when we were there on any given Wednesday, I don't think anyone took the job for granted. Did we realize it was that we as an ensemble had something very special and unique? I don't know. Mm -hmm. I I can't quite remember that that was our experience. Now do we know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, let's take a quick break. Yes. So we're gonna we're gonna hear some sponsors because we desperately need sponsors. Anybody out there who wants to sponsor <laughs> amazing guests like this one, uh, you should support the show. Uh, hit me up, Mason at milkcomics.com. But in the meantime, let's hear this one. And we're back. Hello. 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 <laughs> um, I'm sorry. Do you? Please continue. No, no. Um, before our break, uh, you mentioned that there was a special relationship between Diana and Jean because they were outsiders. And uh, one of the things, since this is a Batman show, and I was going to address this to you. Can I, uh, I just hate talking about I, it. You know, I want to take it. I hate talking Wait. about Batman and Wonder Woman. Yes, Wonder I'm Bat. sorry. And the <laughs> and the only reason why I did feel like I have to talk to you about it is because the Wonder Bat, which mm-hmm. is what they are called, mm-hmm. is a fan favorite, but it is it only lives within the DCAU. Mm-hmm. Because in comics, they only, like in, uh, I think it's like JLA 80 in like 2003, Wonder Woman and Batman kiss. And then like 10 issues later, they explore what that relationship would be like if they went beyond friendship and Wonder Woman tells Batman, no, we should just be friends. And that's it. That is the only time in comics we really see Wonder Woman and Batman have any type of flirtation, anything, but fans are like, oh, Wonder Woman Batman, that's who I want to be together. And it's all because <laughs> of the an- the anime show and Justice League Unlimited. And I wanted to know, what what are your thoughts on well, that? And, and I, I, have I, a, I, I need I to I have know. a related question. Okay. <laughs> um, you mentioned that she has, uh, Wonder Woman has two aspects of her character, the, the Amazon and the princess, and coming into this uh, strange world. And I was wondering, do you find it difficult to play a Wonder Woman or or any character where you have to have this kind of weird duality of someone who's basically almost above romance and yet also play it like, I, I mean, she's involved with Steve Rogers and, mm-hmm. and Batman is definitely a, a presence. <laughs> mm-hmm. So right. yeah, so if you could touch on that as you as you answer the Wonder Bat. Well, just to answer that, I mean, I think we're all we all have different aspects to our personalities. Mm-hmm. So you can be shy and flirty. You you sure. know we can have these dichotomies going, and be able to um, you know handle like all these different aspects to our personalities. So being able to play her strong, and princess like, and um, and flirtatious and as a friend, as this, as that, as a daughter, as, you know, um, as a warrior, I just think that's what we all look for as actors mm-hmm. in any character that we're playing. Sure. Um, and I would just, I would just want to mention back, you know, there was also a connection, the whole 
hot girl Wonder Woman relationship was also very interesting because mm-hmm. you know they didn't get along, right? right. And then they had, um, they they had they were allowed to make up with each other, mm-hmm. not to the you know point where they were going to be besties, but to the point where they respected each other and they were going to move forward in that relationship. And I loved that. That was I thought really that cool. was important right. to have the two women in the league. Get along. Yes. You know, um, <laughs> talk to each other. Yeah, talk to each other. Thank, thank you, Bechtel. Right, exactly. Um, as for Batman and Wonder Woman, I don't know where to start. Oh. Um, <laughs> well, so I've been very vocal with the fans that I love them together, but not in the way that I want them to go off and get married and have children mm-hmm. and live in Ohio. Like, I don't want that <laughs> to happen. But I loved the, I loved how they were written. Now, they were written with the flirtation, yes. and so we just played it up right. and we still do when we appear together but it's Paul Dini who wrote This Little Piggy yeah. which right. I always you know where Batman sings to save Wonder Woman and then she knows and in the beginning of that episode when they're on the roof yep. you yes. know and no, no dating for the Batman you know and all of that stuff that was the just most fun in the world ah. to play and um, and so and I also really believe that she and Superman are not an item. They should never be together romantically. Oh, yeah. really? In my opinion. That's interesting. In my cause... opinion, he's with Lois. See, I grew up with Christopher Reeve. I grew right. up with yes. him and Lois. No, I, and I, they're iconic together. I yes. would agree with that completely, that um, Superman is with Lois. But they always somehow manage in the comics and whatnot to have Lois disappear or right. die or right. whatever. And then Wonder Woman steps in. Yeah. And uh, I'm okay with that as long as Lois is out of the picture. See, I never played any, like, my Wonder Woman in the Justice League and George's Superman in the Justice League, we never had a romance. If you you all want to see a romance between Wonder Woman and my Wonder Woman and Superman played, voiced by and played by Tim Daly, you have to get a copy of, you have to watch The Daily Show. Oh, no way. Oh. Yeah, with Tim Daly. Tim Daly does a show called The Daily yes. Show with him and his son, Sam. And I guest starred on it. And there is definitely a romance that's there. Fun. Shadow Adam. Yes. That's... It was just the most fun. So that's the only time that in my career yes. with Superman that there's been any romance hinted at. But it just doesn't feel right. And Batman, again, you know, there are a lot of people who say, well, she doesn't need a man and she doesn't need to have a romantic interest. To me, it's not like she, he, they are boyfriend and girlfriend. Mm-hmm. To me, it's like there's an energy right. between them. There's right. a chemistry there's, and there's a, flir- a flirtation. Right. And I love Definitely. it because it gives me another aspect of her to play. Yes. And it really gives Kevin another aspect <laughs> of Batman to play because, you know, the, the beyond the broody, that he has this vulnerability to her. Mm-hmm. And he's there's a softness when he deals with her. And I love that. I love that. Oh, it's great. Right. It's always nice to see Batman kind of be that vulnerable to whether it's with Wonder Woman or with someone else. One Talia. Of his, Talia. <laughs> Mason is a huge, uh, huge Bruce Talia and Talia. Yeah, I don't want to talk about it. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. No, let's move on from that. Um, no, and, and like, have you seen the videos like where people put, you know, their the Wonder Bat romance to music? Yes, yes. Just, yeah. I'm telling you, it's a huge thing, it's, and it's it's, so un- funny. it's unreal to me how passionate the fans yes. are about Wonder Woman and Batman being together. They will they will hunt through hours of JLA footage mm. for one line. Yeah, you know, one I love moment. It. I love it because it just the the that passion to me. It, it, you know, 
any passion. It just to feel that strongly sure. about the characters, it's wonderful. And I happen to um, believe in their magic. So oh sure. So I support it wholeheartedly as. The people who know me and have seen, you know, seen me interviewed or heard me interviewed know or follow me on Twitter. They all know <laughs> that I love the Wonder Bat. Oh, really? <laughs> that hashtag, okay. Hashtag Wonder Bat. So you don't want them to, to progress, though. You want them to stay in the friend, in the gray area. Well, because Justice League was a G-rated sure. show. Yes. And, and I don't need it to get sexy. Oh, no. I just need it to, you know, if the comics want to do that, mm-hmm. that's totally different. Um, right. But that's not, that's not my vision of them. You know mm-hmm. that, sure. uh, you know, she joked about wanting to go on a date, and don't you ever miss being down there and right. just, you know, going out and having a date? So that to me is, and the fact that it's. Will will they? Won't they? I love that tension. Sure, it's so old fashioned to have that tension. Mm-hmm. I don't need to see them, you know, kissing and making out in the Batmobile. I don't know. Right. N- <laughs> um, off 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 screen. Off screen. Yeah. Off screen. And so th- the the um, the promise of the romance to me is mm-hmm. what's the most appealing about the story. I would agree, and and I think that's we we touched upon this very very briefly with the Killing Joke. I think they went too far, and with showing the Batman and Batgirl, which was just crazy. Oh, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Anyway, anyway. <laughs> um, so uh, you mentioned this little piggy is one of the episodes in in Justice League and Justice League Unlimited. Do you have a a favorite scene, episode, arc? A two-parter that you just really enjoyed, and it doesn't have to be just a Wonder Woman story. I mean, it could be Wonder Woman centric or just. But there's so general. many of them because yes, <laughs> like we talked about this, the 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 writing. Yes, mm-hmm. and you know you'll hear it a million times, and it's true a million times. If it's not written, there's really every you know people you can have great actors, great music, but if it's not a good story and not good dialogue, it's not going to come through. It's not Mm going to shine, and it's not going to last like this show has. So this Little Piggy is definitely one of my favorites. And when we did New York Comic Con, we read the roof scene. Oh, nice. And that was my my (laughs) tip of the hat to the Wonder Bat fans out there. Um, We also did um, the first episode of the series and the last episode of the series. Oh, wow. Because they're so poignant mm-hmm. um, when the characters are introduced and when they're actually leaving. Um, I love the Hawk and Dove stuff. I love the Once and Future thing. Anything that has any comedy, had any comedy to it, whether, I mean, and I didn't get to be funny too, too much. So other people's comedy. You know, Batman got some of the best lines. Um Flash, Michael Rosenbaum is Flash, just darling. And so hearing anything that he did, any Flash stories, I thought the Hawk Girl and um, Green Lantern story, their romance was incredible. Yes. Their touching. romance was really That on was point. so powerful. Yeah. And you've got two brilliant actors voicing them. I mean, you t- when we talked earlier about starting a voiceover career, mm-hmm. they're actors. Both oh, yeah. Maria and Phil are actors. So they brought so much to that story. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was, you know, that was just as a fan of the show, that got me. Um, but anytime we were all together, 
You know, anytime we were all together and we could read together and be together as the team, once Unlimited started, you know, you got a much wider cast right. to deal with. Mm -hmm. So we weren't together as often. So anything that gave us that. But there are, I just, you know, I have to look through the scripts on occasion because if I appear at a con, sometimes, you know, if we do something like I did in New York, we, you know, I have to go through all the scripts. And you just, it's easy to forget how brilliant they were. Um, Maid of Honor, which was, I think, a two-parter for, for me, you know, that just the writing is so damn good. Yes. Mm -hmm. And so anyone who loves comics and loves cartoons, God, you know, get the Blu-ray. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I did want to ask, you mentioned that you felt uh, Wonder Woman had a special relationship with Martian Manhunter. Mm -hmm. do, uh, do, would you put that on a Wonder Bat level, or, or is it just... No, just friends. No, because um, it wasn't it wasn't exploited sure. as much as the Wonder Man, Wonder right. Man, <laughs> as Wonder Woman and Batman was. Sure. Um, but it was, but it was there, mm -hmm. and those again, they were moments. Mm -hmm. It just like you know when when Flash would be flirting with her, and I'd give him you know just that one line that just <laughs> shut it down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there were moments. There were moments with all the characters. Sure, and that's you know I had a relationship with all of them. Um, so I love I love that with 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 Carl, he just was so dear and vulnerable in that role, and um, and so lost sometimes without sure. his family, and so I think that for me that resonated. That's right. I forgot he's married with kids. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Never mind. But yes. Oh, that's right. He's, yeah, yeah. What I were you thinking? Hey. There was no romance. Yeah. There was never even no. a hint of it. Never. It was, he was my friend. Friend. Yep. Friend. That's, I got it. Hashtag friend. Hashtag <laughs> friend zoned. It's cool. So even after uh, Justice League Unlimited ended, you still voiced Wonder Woman in a few of the animated movies mm -hmm. like Superman, Batman, Apocalypse, and Justice League Doom, which is one of my favorites. And that's one Great of my movie. favorite comic book arcs too and and you still are continuing to voice Wonder Woman one of my favorites which I wanted to ask is uh is when the game the first game Injustice Gods Among Us yeah came out which that's one of my favorite games to play I still play it is there any difference from voicing for a video game and voicing for like television is there a, is there a huge difference huge. Is, yeah huge and the the number one biggest difference is that you're alone Oh, video game. Really? You're not with the cast. Oh. The first video game I ever did um, was with a cast, and they that was at the tail. That was when the video game industry was really changing, mm -hmm. and I've never done it since. So you're by yourself in the studio, and you've got the writers and um, the voice director there with you, and you're just going on a picture. Um, that they've given you of what the character looks like, mm -hmm. and then the voice director is guiding you through the performance. So it's very different. Huh. And oftentimes, you won't get a script beforehand. Oh. So you're reading the copy, you're reading the script for the first time. Oh, cold. As wow. it's, so it's a cold reading, basically. Oh, wow. Yeah. Now, in something like Injustice or... Um, some of the other games I've done, you do get the script. If you're if you're Wonder Woman or a recurring part, and you're doing more than you'll get it a few days in advance. Mm -hmm. um, but I've gone into I've gone into some of those sessions, and I have no idea what I'm going to be doing. I have no context for the game. I don't know what game because 
it's everything's very hush hush. You've you've signed a non-disclosure agreement. You're not allowed to talk about it. You don't know who your character is, and you don't know who your character is within the the larger picture of the game. Mm-hmm. So you're kind of winging it, and you're kind of <laughs> relying on a director to give you your context. Mm-hmm. Like in this in this scene, you're you're more angry. Yes, I got you. absolutely. And and here you are. You're in the village, mm-hmm. and you come across some people, and they'll 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 fill the scene for you, mm-hmm. and then. It's action, and you have a little bit of. Ba- you'll have some backstory, um, and so you'll then you'll go in. But there's no ensemble. There's no, there's no um, rehearsal like we did with Justice League, where you're on the room together rehearsing it. None of that. Wow, that mm. just seems much more difficult. It's very to challenging. Really it is down once you have the final thing. I'm sure it took a while, lots of different takes and reads to kind of get a feel for what you need for that particular scene or moment. You don't really do that many takes. You don't? It's no. just No, you're 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 pretty because you've auditioned for the part. Mm-hmm. They and oftentimes they'll ask you to do other you know, I did a a bunch of voices in Skyrim and so yes. they'll so you'll do this and then they'll bring you back to do another character. Okay. And here you go again with the backstory. Here you go with the picture. Here they here's the director setting the scene for you. Okay, let's go. And you won't do too many takes. You know, mm-hmm. they, they want to keep the sessions moving. And you don't really t- know too much about your part in it unless you get the game and play it. Oh, you know? wow. Yeah, you don't know. I mean, Interesting. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, um, it's, it's, it's fascinating to have to rely on somebody to paint the story for you, paint the picture, and then just use whatever creativity you have to fill it in, to fill in the rest for yourself. Right. How are you seeing these characters? You're you're walking on the street and you come across, you know, the evil villain. You have to imagine that. That's all in your head. Wow. N- nothing is there in front of you, <laughs> including another actor who's being the villain for you. There's nothing there. They don't play samples of the other person's dialogue or anything. Nothing N- to play off. Of. No, the only time that mm-hmm. happened, um, that happened a little bit in Destiny because I was the voice of the. You human. were in Destiny, and, yeah. Right. So Peter Dinklage, who was then replaced but I heard Peter in my ear mm-hmm. um, when I was doing when I was talking to the player and talking to him I would get Peter in my ear yeah Peter Dinklage played the um, the little bot that right. follows you around and then right. you of course are the female uh, hunter I believe um, the voice of the human female player right right so yeah so that I got to hear Peter but no I, I can't recall where what will what the director will do is they'll They'll read you the lines sometimes mm. if they're really kind. <laughs> <laughs> I just did a session for DC Universe online. Um, oh yeah, I'm doing their game, and um, I just had my last session for the tril- the Wonder Woman trilogy, Amazon Fury. Oh yeah, and um, the the director is wonderful because he'll read the he'll give me the cues. And, you know, it's not about his performance. It's just like, okay, somebody's reading the line right before yours. And so you, you, it just gives you so much yeah. help in reading your line. Something to play off. Oh, absolutely. I, I'm with you. Yeah, for sure. It's, 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 it, it, that, having that as an actor is just priceless. Yeah. So you just said you were finishing the trilogy mm-hmm. for the DC Online. And... We are talking about it's 75 years of Wonder Woman, and you said you weren't really into the comics or that media when you first came in. But now, having been this character, mm-hmm. uh, have you tried to read some of like Justice League stuff or Wonder Woman, or have you tried to get into any of the material? Do you, you know what? So much of that has come from um, 
befriending people on Twitter. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's where I got educated ah. from the fans and from artists and people like Phil Jimenez, who mm -hmm. draws her and is just as passionate about her as anyone I've ever met. People who care about her who have said to me, you should read this or you should look at this, um, you know, this body of work that involves her. And so I've been educated from Twitter. I mean, really, I, I didn't know about it. I grew up watching, as you know, any of my fans will know, I grew up watching daytime television. Mm -hmm. I love my soap operas. I still do. I feel as passionately about my daytime soaps as people feel about their, their the origins of these characters. And, and there's actually quite a bit of crossover in the two universes. It's mm -hmm. interesting. I'd love for somebody to do um, a piece on that because the fans... The passion in the fans for comic books and the passion for fans for daytime. It, it, it's it, almost equal. It is. Absolutely. No, <laughs> it I, is. I, I was a huge uh, Days of Our Lives fan. Don't stop it. We have to talk about it. <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> but yeah. Um, yeah. So so you know, and there is a crossover because the there, history, people yeah. care so deeply. Sure. And then some of the actors have actually, like Arlene Sorkin famously, right. has, Arlene. has made the, the crossover. Yes, so absolutely. It's, it's, it's a fascinating, weird uh, thing. And, and a lot of people um, don't know this, but... Um, soap operas are are like a boot camp because you're as an actor you're going in and you're shooting pretty much all day in one take wonder they they don't have a chance for rehearsal because they're getting the the scripts like the day before and they're just going in and shooting it. Yeah, back in the day you did, you right. know, because I um, back in the day you did have time for rehearsal and now you know a very good friend of mine, Ken Schreiner, who mm -hmm. voices Green Arrow uh -huh. in Justice League Unlimited. He's also Scotty. Baldwin on General Hospital. Oh, no way. And has been voicing him for 39, I mean, has been playing him for 39 oh, years. Oh, wow, yeah. Wow. So I know a lot about daytime just because of my own obsession. Sure. And also because of our friendship, he's introduced me to so many writers and actors, on, you know, in the medium. And now it's so fast. It's just they don't have that luxury. It used to, right. I think it used to be a lot more fun. I think now people are just so grateful to have the work. Right. Because all the shows in New York are gone. Yeah. So all those up and coming actors who could do a soap, <laughs> they don't have that anymore. But anyway, I digress. Yeah. Um, I'll do a podcast for daytime. Oh, that'd, be, that'd be amazing. A separate one. Yeah. But yeah, so to answer your question, yes. I mean, I have tried to immerse myself in, in the genre, in the comic books and all of this other stuff because um, I'm so, I feel at this point, I feel such a connection to her. And, you know, it's very challenging not to feel a sense of ownership. Right. It's really hard. Yeah, it's I was really hard. Ask you it's, that. It's, 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 I'll tell you something. You try to be zen about it. You try to be as because it's a privilege that you were given the job and you cannot take that for granted. And you were given the job. It's not yours. You were given it. And um, it's very hard when other people get to voice her because. It, not just because of the job, but because her, mm -hmm. because she is a character I've come to love and feel so connected to. And she and I, like I go through my life with her bleeding into my life, Sure, you know, and feeling like my best self is when I can be the closest to her. Mm. You know, that's how I want to lead my life and go through my life is being the most like Diana I can possibly be. There's been some things I haven't gotten to voice her in that it's better that I didn't. A more violent Diana, not 
You know, I love, sure. I, I don't, that's not my thing mm-hmm. personally. Um, so the most violent I get is, you know, with Injustice, which is a fighting game. So right. that's <laughs> the most violent I would get. But, but even, even that, um, I did admire that the violence was justified by the plot. Right. That they weren't just fighting to see who's stronger. Right. You know? Right. No, absolutely. <laughs> it was it was idealism. And it gave people a chance to be Wonder Woman, mm-hmm. you know, and fight as her. And so I loved that. In, yeah. in, in, who doesn't want to be Wonder Woman? <laughs> I mean, I, I, and you should see London right now wearing a Wonder Woman shirt. Oh, yes. Yeah. It's, oh. Also, it's just all too In perfect. Fact, I think this is the, the first time ever I've seen her not wear a Batman I item. In honor of, yes. Yes. Honor of, of 75 this. and me being here, it's yes. just, that's, that's really, that's sensational. <laughs> Well, I I definitely hear the passion that you have for the character in your your voicing and in, in animation and the video games and all of it. And as a fan, I appreciate that because you you love these characters so much and you want the person who is voicing them or who is playing them in in whatever media to really exude that person that character that persona that you know and that's why i think that's why i think that you're the voice of wonder woman and i told you even before we went on the show that when i read wonder woman in any comics jla wonder woman whatever i i, I hear your voice like i read it in your voice and i told you before the show that that is the best compliment yes. there are two compliments there are two things that fans will tell me one is that they read the comics in my voice and the second thing is that I was a part of their childhood, and right. that gets me every single <laughs> time. And you have enough people tell you that, and it 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 floors you. It blows you away. It it just you know. I think most people who do what I do, and most people who do animation, they're thrilled to have a job. That's mm-hmm. first and foremost. You're thrilled to have work. Secondly, if you get to have a career where for 15 years you've been able to voice Wonder Woman, you are such a lucky person that if you don't appreciate that and feel gratitude every time you get to do it, you're a fool. You're just a fool. (laughs) So, you know, I try to keep that in mind every time. And when the show ended in 2006, I didn't voice her again until... until, um, apocalypse, right? And so, or Doom, no Doom. Apocalypse. Yeah. Apocalypse, I think apocalypse. it came first. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Okay. And so, when I got that call, do you do you want to come voice her in Apocalypse? You know, you drop the phone and then you scream <laughs> yeah. and then you pick the phone back up and you said, um, "Yes, I would love yeah, to. Thank right, you." Yeah. You know, because you cannot believe you. You know, you put it. I put it away. Mm. I right. was I lucky was... and I got to do it, and now it's over. Right. And then right. to get to do it again. I was going to ask after Just League Unlimited ended, I mean, mm-hmm. how was that after doing it for so long and you became so tied to the character? Did it, I mean, did it feel weird not voicing her? You it still, feels weird every time I don't every voice Every time her. you don't voice yeah. her. It feels weird. It's like, again, I, would, I won't lie. I, it's not easy. It's not easy. You know, some of that is ego and you have to really, really, you know, be aware of that and keep, keep uh, top on that. But some of it is just because, like I said, she she's a part of me now. And especially the Diana from the Justice League, she shaped me. She formed me. She was my introduction, my full introduction to the character. Like I said, Linda was my introduction to the yeah. character, but my full introduction to the character. And so the connection at this point goes so deep, not only to the character, but to the fans. I mean, I just... 
you know, I just adore them. Adore them. I've had the best experience, and I've met the most incredible people on Twitter, at the cons, anything... Instagram, not as much because I was so late to it, and I'm just starting. I'm like, I'm not, like I still don't we're, really we're get all, it. We're I all still just late, don't really late to the party. Yeah, I'm just so late to that party. But that has been, you know, the gift yes, that keeps I follow on you on Instagram, and thank Twitter, you. and everywhere. Thank you. thank you. I'll take it. Yeah, I'll take it. Let's let's give some shouts out. Where can where can people yes. get oh, in yes. touch with you? Yes. What are you that you can talk about? working on now and where can people find you and, and all of that are you doing appearances at cons what what is happening I am in fact right I'll now? be I'll be doing Long Beach next weekend oh, I don't, I don't oh, know yeah, so yeah. I'll be in Long yeah. Beach um, and then there are some other cons coming up and you can always if, if anyone's interested you can always find my schedule and anything that's upcoming on my website okay. so um, com and that's again we talked about that with the demo reels and just any questions you can write me you can email me i'll always email people back it may take a little time but always if you want to have a question for me that i didn't get to address here please be in touch um twitter at susan eisenberg one and um instagram at susan eisenberg 21 and we should just spell that that's e-i-s-e-n-b-e-r-g that's yep Thank you. Sure. And London, where can people get a hold of you and want to talk about this amazing episode? Of course. If you want to talk about this episode and your thoughts on Wonder Woman, who is amazing, and any other questions or comments or ideas for other future episodes, or if you want to hear someone as a guest on the show, you can always email me at historyofthebatman at gmail.com. You can become a Gothamite and follow on Instagram at History of the Batman, on Twitter at Hist of the Batman, and on Facebook at History of the Batman. But yes, if you always reach out to me, I love the feedback, and thank you to everyone who has been listening to the episodes and saying they enjoy it and everything. It's, it's great, but you can always email me at historyofthebatman at gmail.com. So thank you so much. You have no idea how much fun this was to talk to you, to talk to Wonder Woman. And that's that's a dream. Like I said, buck, like Mason said, it's like bucket list, like check off. Like it's, it's amazing. And me as a fan, and I know all the other fans, we appreciate how much you've brought Wonder Woman to life. Because like we said, from Linda Carter to Wonder Woman that's coming out this year and next year, there was such a huge gap. But you filled that in and kept Wonder Woman, I think, alive for tons of people and was the introduction to Wonder Woman. And we just thank you for that. Well, I can honestly say, sincerely, (laughs) it has been, you know, it has has been the um, privilege of my life, professional life. I I mean, it really has. Yeah. And, and it's been our honor to have you on the show. Yes. Thank you. Thank you both for the sure. invite. Thank you for the hospitality. And it's been lovely. Thank you. It's been wonderful. Oh, thank, no, you. thank you. Thank <laughs> you. London. Peace, love, and Batman. <laughs> <laughs>